0: My topic is, how can you handle pressure? I think everyone, we know the word pressure. It can be like you're starting your marriage. It starts very well and after a while you're figuring out, oh my gosh, there's a lot of expectation um, from the partner and you're realizing, oh, I cannot fulfill the whole expectation. Or the whole COVID situation, right? Maybe your company is saying, if you're not getting vaccinated, you will lose the job and you are under pressure because I need a job, I love the job. But maybe you say, I don't like vaccination because you never know what happens in five years. There's a lot of pressures in, in relationships, maybe even in your small group. And now comes the question, how can we deal and handle with pressure? And Jesus is telling an awesome, amazing story about the boat, a lake and the 12 disciples that were on a boat on the sea, going to the other side of, of the lake, and all of a sudden, a huge storm occurs. And the disciples, they were so afraid thinking, oh, we are drawing, and we are, we are dying right now. But Jesus was sleeping in the boat. And you know the story. The moment that Jesus gets up, he takes the finger and says, storm, be quiet. And whew, it was silent. When we read this story, gives me the faith and the belief, whatever happens in my life, Jesus speaks only one word and cancer is history. Cancer is history. All the sickness are gone. It doesn't matter how big the storm is or the mountains are in front of me, or even though how big and tall the giants are in front of me, the miracle working God lives inside of me and he speaks the one word and things are game over, right? Let's give God for that a big round of applause because that's the fact. When we read this story, but we miss the beginning. We always speak about the word of Jesus, but I wanna dive into this story because in the beginning, we just overread certain Bible verses, but they are so profound and so prophetic and so deep. I wanna start with the point number one, blessing is on the way. How cool is that? The blessing of God is on the way. I wanna to read to you in Mark chapter four, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. And reread this. And think, oh, come. That's, that's nothing special. But check this out. Here is already a prophetic word for the disciples. Jesus saying, "I start with you. I sit with you in the boat, and we will go together. Whatever happens from here, there, whatever happens, we will reach the other side." This is a prophetic word from Jesus, and this is how it starts at the shore. You can hear the music. It's so beautiful. Jesus gives you a prophetic word. You are single now, but he's saying, from now in a year, you have a partner. Or God is saying to you, you will start a company. Or God is saying, you started your own church, you a microchurch, a small group. God is saying, from one in a year, you will build your own house. It's a prophetic word from Jesus. That's a very exciting moment, right? Your heart starts to beat because I have a future and the future is bright. The disciples were so excited. And Jesus was in the boat. And God gives you a prophetic word you cannot do without Jesus. He's always with you in the boat. And then, boom, they're crossing the lake. Let's go. And that's the moment Oh, so smooth, so beautiful. Come on. And some hours later, they have been to the other side. Jesus made a promise. Let's cross to the other side. And that's the moment. And you look back where you have started. You started as a single, but now you have a family. You started low in terms of salary and now you're a multimillionaire. You started as a small church, now boom, you're a mega church. You started with some sickness, and now God healed you. And that's the moment you say, come on, Jesus is the best. He stands to the word, he's a promise keeper. My Jesus is a promise keeper. Every prophetic word, comes to fulfillment because He is a promise keeper. That's the moment you flip out, you freak out, you say, God is the best, He's my best friend. We left. But, there is a but. in the middle, in the middle, thank you. Was a storm. And Jesus said nothing about the storm. He said nothing when you get married. You have some challenges. He said nothing when you have some babies. They cry. They are loud. They are disobedience. He said nothing about the waves, the situation. And you're right now facing the storm. Isn't that crazy? Jesus said in the beginning, Hey, come on, have a dream. I have a word for you. Come on, let's do it. You say, come on, Jesus. I come into your boat because it's super exciting. The word is beautiful. It's calm. Jesus is saying, we will reach the other side. Every promise, it's a promise from Christ. Whatever you start, I am with you in your boat. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And we will reach the other side. Check this out, when Christ said to his Zizabeth, he knew that he will die. He comes on earth, actually. He comes from earth and he will heal people. He sets people free from demons. He gave the people a big vision. But Jesus knew in the wave, he will die on the cross. And all the friends that are leaving him, even God, he asked, Eli, Eli, my God, my God, why you forsake me? Why are you not here? But Christ knew that in the end, he will dwell in our hearts, right? Have you ever heard the word, it's not for me? We're going from glory to glory. We're going from level to the level. We're going from blessing to blessing, from anointing to anointing. I love the anointing, anointing, but not the two. Jesus never speaks about the two, a vision and a dream, but he's always with you in your boat. Isn't that amazing? But when the storm came, I don't say to you right now, uh, some people ask this morning, is there always a storm involved? No, of course not. I don't like a storm. I don't like problems. But sometimes you Christian, we close our eyes and we don't understand the storm is very important for your faith. It creates a foundation. It creates a solid understanding that in the beginning and in the end and in the middle, Jesus Christ is always there and He never will leave me or forsaken me. Can I hear an amen? Now listen, pressure comes on the way. Mark chapter four, verse 37. But soon as a firestorm came up, high waves breaking into the boat. it began to fill with water here is my sentence let god shape your life and don't let life shape you let god shape you don't let out circumstance to shape you because in the end of the day it's very important in a crisis in a storm be smart and wise i want to tell you a story because a diamond have you know that a diamond diamond costs a lot of money. I mean, even for Swiss people, it's expensive. A diamond is formed through pressure. Do you know that? Without a pressure, no diamond gets the shape and the form. And God brings out the best in you and me. Do you know how? To pressure. We are diamonds in the eyes of God. And God always brings in a storm the best out of us. And that's the power of a storm. Many years ago, around 20 years ago, we started our church in Zurich, and we started to grow like crazy. After some years, we were more than 1,000 people. We were one of the first churches ever in, in Switzerland. We had more than 1,000 people, and people are asking me how in the world you were able to have 1,000 people. We said we love God, we do church service, and we love people, and that's we just start to grow. And then we had a leadership meeting. I never forget. It was on a Saturday, and I asked my team. I will never ask my team again. But I asked my team, how is the church? They said, awesome, good, amazing. We love the new DNA. Then I asked, what is not good? And everyone said, and we had a preaching team. I was not the only preacher. They said, the preaching quality is super low. I had no problem because we were a preaching team. They were not speaking about me, about my team. And I was super shocked because in the beginning the church grew and we baptized people and we were really busy and i had like this holy spirit moment in the pressure god forms your leadership skills right and the holy spirit was saying to me do you have three options first of all you keep going what you're doing and people will leaving the church because they don't feel fed they don't learn anything from the word of god that's not good I said yes that's not good option number two you hire a teaching pastor, but 20 years ago, our church was brand new, the DNA, the way how we did church, we were the only church in Switzerland. In America, no big deal, but here was the deal. I said, yeah, even though if you find a teaching pastor, he will not have the DNA of how we do church. Not a good idea. And I said, option number three is we go on, on our knees and we're praying together for a miracle that from now in some years, our preachings are like diamonds. And people around the globe and world, they will listen to our amazing teachings, preaching, the props and illustrations. And this is what we did. We went on our knees and they cried out to God, help change the preaching team. Do you know what I hear every single year from you guys? Our preaching style increased and every year people are saying, you're getting better year after year. That means... Now, as on a Sunday, with podcasts and YouTube, we're reaching between 30,000 and 100,000 people in Europe. And I think the reason is, the preaching is not so bad anymore. All right? Let's give God for a bigger round of applause. <laughs> That's the point. But now, when we think back 20 years ago, it was a storm for us. Like, we were close of giving up, and you have a storm as well in your life where people are coming complaining about the way you work, the way how you do church, the way you handle your kids. And that's a pressure, but think about in a storm, a diamond gets formed, gets shaped. And in a storm, some topics are popping up. This is very funny, if you get married in the beginning, everything is beautiful. And after a while, things are a little bit beautiful. Topics are popping up, right? You cannot escape anymore. And you can ask the Holy Spirit, now what should I do with that topic? It's obvious. It's like in the storm, the disciples, they were so fearful. And fear was a huge topic. And in a storm in your marriage, in your leadership, it pops up and asks the Holy Spirit, how can I handle that pressure in my life? Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 to 9, Paul is saying, We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despaired. Resecuzed, but not abundant, Struck down, but not destroyed. And I want to explain you a little bit about a church situation we are right now in. Have you ever heard about COVID-19? <laughs> Sorry. So here is COVID-19. COVID is a big problem for us as a church, you know. When, we, when I speak about COVID-19, what COVID did actually it's a big challenge i have seen a lot of families they are splitted into uh, parties i have seen some small groups they're not friends anymore i have seen even though in, around in churches around the globe that topic splits churches into parties and i felt why in the world has COVID such a power on energy and i think if you if you understand how the devil works and operates we should be smarter than the world. But I see the same thing in our church. Some people, they say, yes, of course, vaccination is so beautiful, let's do it. If you don't do it, you kill people. Smart people, wise people, they studied everything. Have you ever heard people like that? But then in the other side, some people say, no, no, vaccination, oh, my flipping flip. That's not good. That's dangerous. And those people say, yeah, of course, those people, all of them, they're super stupid. No, no, no. On this side are very small people too. You're not the only small people in this planet Earth. On both sides are small people, educated people. And here is Pastor Leo. Has nothing to do with flipping COVID. I just want to lead the church and lead you and navigate you. And now I ask the Holy Spirit, I don't want to see our church is split in two parties. I believe that we should be stay united. We don't want to give the devil the glory. And now, yeah. And now, listen, I think the blast, the bronco, we are on the same boat because loving God It doesn't matter if you believe in vaccination or not, all of here, we love the Lord. This is what we have in common. Woohoo! Yeah, one thing. Number one. Number two, we love people. It doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not, we love people. It means... The Bible says we should gather in the house of the Lord. And some people are not coming because I don't come anymore if you're not vaccinated. Or people say, I don't come if you have a mask. No, we come together because when two people are in the midst, the presence of God is in the house. This is what we have in common. Two points. Number three. Our job is to lead people to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you're not vaccinated or if you're vaccinated, our job is to bring people to Jesus Christ. We baptize them. We lead them in the kingdom of God. Come on, three things in common. Point number four, our job is to disciple those people that got saved. If you are not vaccinated, your job is disciple people. If you are vaccinated, your job is to disciple people for Jesus Christ. That means we have more things in common than the flipping COVID-19. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Hey, and if the church are divided because of COVID, it's a message that our vision is not big enough. That means we lost the vision to be united for Jesus, to come together for the presence of the Lord. Our job is to lead people to Jesus Christ and our job is to baptize people and make people to disciples of Jesus Christ. This is our main focus for the last 80 months. Come on. That's why in this house, in this house, in my family, I don't care if you're vaccinated, like in five years, you're walking like this. Not just kidding. If you're not vaccinated, that's not my point. This is, do whatever you believe is right because that's just a side topic for me as a pastor. And don't believe everything what you read in the newspaper. Woo! So Leo, move on. Okay. You understand, in, in that pressure, gave, gave, God gave me the vision, let's stay for those things on a common ground and let's reach the world for Jesus Christ. Point number three, Jesus is always with me. In Mark 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. Think for a moment when you're going to a storm in your life, how often you feel, you think, Jesus is not here. He doesn't care about me. Jesus was sleeping, and that's the reason why he's sleeping. Jesus is saying, it Doesn't matter if I'm asleep or if I'm awake, I am here my presence is here chill the rabbit i'm on the control jesus never losing the control god almighty never loses the control he's the orphan of Omega, the beginning and the end the first and the last word jesus always in control we are losing the control but he is not losing the control but the disciples woke him up shout him teacher Jesus, oh my God, Peter, what's going on again? Don't you care that we are going to drown? Jesus is saying, when you're on a storm and you think it's too overwhelming, Jesus said, I started with you guys. I will end with you guys. I am in the storm with you. What's the matter? But in the storm, our soul is so loud. I heard a story, and uh, would love to share this story with you guys. Uh, John Wesley, an amazing preacher and teacher. He was a revival preacher. He had a wife, and they had together uh, 19 kids. I want to repeat, 19 kids. One, zero, 19 kids. We have two boys in our family. Handsome boys, good, educated, amazing. But even the two boys, sometimes we were, they brought us to the limit. But think, 19 kids, it's like a tornado is going to the apartment every single day, right? And they asked uh, John Vess's wife, how could you handle the pressure of having 19 kids in your house? And she said, every day I took a blanket and I put the blanket over my head And I said to my 19 tornado kids, now the pressure is too much, I need Jesus. And she had like a Jesus hour for one hour under the blanket. If you don't have a strategy in the storm, the storm will kill you in your soul. You believe you're dying. You believe it's the end of the world. That's why you need an anchor. The anchor in a boat It doesn't have to be fancy or beautiful. The job of an anchor is actually, you don't see an anchor, right? If you see an anchor, then the anchor is useful, right? You need the anchor. When there is a storm, you set the anchor and the anchor gives you stability. And in the storm, your soul needs an anchor. Your soul needs a stability. The anchor's job is, even though if there's waving and storming, it keeps the boat in the same place. And my challenge is to you, when you going to a rough season in your life, set the anchor. Find a strategy like John Wesley's wife to put the blanket or whatever you do, you set the anchor and you're saying, Jesus is with me. He is with me. He's really with me, whatever he is with me. Whatever happens is still with me. Even though if you can't see the anchor, because the anchor is in the ground. But I know that there's a hope in me, there is a peace in me, the world will not understand the world cannot give me the world cannot take it away because this anchor Jesus Christ is in my boat. He is in my boat. Pastor Paul, how can we handle navigate through a storm with the anchor?
1: Yeah, our next point is remember his words. Two and a half years ago, I took over the leadership from our youth church, Youth Planet, a Saturday night. And on this time before I, I started this, I, I thought, okay, now we go for revival. Now we go and out to the city and the youth will see how Jesus is, is alive. and But before for me, it was important to ask God in prayer, what, what is your will? What do I have for impressions to start over my leadership in Youth Planet? And God um, told me, before you step into this boat, i give you one thing. This one thing is, stay close at the sheeps. Stay close at the people that I gave to you. And I thought, okay, yeah, when I need this for revival, why not? But I didn't know that a storm will come. A really, really, really hard storm. Maybe one of the hardest storms that we had in youth church will come. And, I started my first week as a youth pastor, um, and then Wednesday evening I, I, I received a phone call that someone told me that our, one of our leaders, 23 years old, died um, with brain bleeding. And he went to sleep, but didn't wake up again. And so for us, was well, like a storm started right now, in this moment for the friends for the families for me as a leader you know the the kids ask me where is our leader where is our role model our our technique leader and also for the family it's maybe one of the hardest thing to to bury your your child and for me as a leader to to do my first week as a youth pastor a funeral so Nobody wants to do that. And I remember these words that Jesus told me stay close to the sheep, stay close to your people. I thought, yeah, stay close, but how? And Jesus said, I am the one who told you, go into this boat, we will go to the other side. But how? I don't feel able to 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 lead this this young group. I don't feel able to lead these people in this moment. You know, my soul in this moment. I want to be there, I don't want to go there, and I don't want to stay here because when one storm will come again, I will throw up and I will give up in this moment. I don't want to be here anymore. And that was my, my soul speaking. And I knew I, that I need to stand some biblical truth. Because, you know, this was real. This was reality right now in the boat. But I, need, I knew I needed to stand on another reality. And the other reality was biblical truth. I needed to stand on work, words like, I am the good shepherd. I needed to stand on words like I am the provider. I needed to stand on work like words like I am the alpha and the Omega, I am the beginning and the end. I'm right now with you in this boat. Even I didn't expect it like, like, like that. I, I needed to, to stand on it. So Hebrew 10:23 says like this: let us hold unswervingly. To to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. I knew that I need a hope who is founded and rooted in Jesus Christ. I didn't have another option. This was my only option. And yeah, the storm stayed a little bit longer for us as as church, as, as youth church. But this storm makes me stronger made me stronger. This storm helped us. Jesus helped us in this storm to go through. Yeah, so Marianne will take us into the next story.
2: So five years ago, I um, went to the gynecologist because my menstruation has been, had been getting worse and worse by the month and um, she told me that I have a myoma on top of my uterus and so we tried hormone therapy making me go up and down with my emotions We I prayed and I told God, okay, God you can just take this myoma out. I know you can heal me right away um, But after six months nothing had changed And so I had the question between do I operate and just remove the myoma or do I operate and remove the whole uterus um for me it was like a world fell apart because um i had always dreamt of having my own biological children and i always said okay god at the age of 30 by then i'll have had my children didn't happen by the age of 35 and then i pulled myself together i say by the age of 40 and i think at the age of 38 i said okay god 45 that's still normal nowadays but um then this question came and uh It was like it was a time when i was driving a lot so i would go to god and be like david and just let out everything that was in me telling him how unfair it was that for 27 years i had to survive month after month of physical pain during my menstruation and just why Um, up to now i don't have the answer to the why but um i decided god told me somehow one day he said just think rationally what would be your worst case scenario and for me it was clearly Trying to keep the, the uterus and not being able to have a baby for whatever reason so I told God okay We're gonna take it all out. I got a piece from God at that moment and the moment I woke up after the operation my doctor told me they would have had to take it out anyway. It was so damaged But it's still even after the operation. I was like okay God what am I what am I on this earth for what am I here for and? Two or three days before the operation, one of my students came up to me and said, But Miss Frey, where where are your children? We you know, you you're here for us. And I suddenly realized, you know, God has given me the possibility to be there for over one hundred students a week. I have my sister and her four children who I can be there for, and I don't know when I'll ever get the why answer from God. But what I do know and what He helped me through is during those 27 years, He helped me every month to go through the pain I went through. And I know that whatever goes in my life, He will help me to go through it and to see joy in it and to know that God is in control. And I'm so thankful for that.
0: Woo! Come on. Wow. Hey church! It's, it's not an amazing story. Jesus saying to the disciples, come on, let's go in the boat. I have a dream, I have a vision, I have a word for you guys. And they came, they were so excited. So let's go to the other side. God gives you a dream, God gives you a calling, God gives you a vision. And always thoughts very well, but he never speaks about the to the transition. And sometimes when we are coming into a storm, we think, God, oh, what's wrong? And Jesus is forming like a diamond gets formed under pressure. I want to close. with the last thought your past test becomes a testimony for other people, you know what you experience in your life becomes actually your amazing story. Second Corinthians chapter four verse seven. But we have this treasure in clay of uh, jars of clay to show this is all surprising power from God and not from us. And what I really believe from above my heart, this is such an uplifting message from Jesus Christ. He's in your boat, you never walk alone. You can never do church alone. You can never do your life alone. He's always with you in your boat. Can we close our eyes for a moment online and the balcony and also live? And I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know about your storm. I don't know about your challenges. I don't know about your mountains that are in front of you or maybe Goliath are standing in front of you. But what I know, what I do know from the bottom of my heart is Jesus is in your boat. Thank you, Jesus Christ, that you are in my boat. Thank you for all the promises you have given me. That you are my shepherd. You're leading and guiding me. You know what you're doing. No storm can kill me. Every storm will form me and shape me. And I get stronger from storm to storm, from glory to glory, from level to level, from anointing to anointing, from blessing to blessing. Because you have given me some promises, a word, a calling, And I will not step out of the boat. I will not run away from you because you are in my boat. Hey, thanks for watching.